Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Literally, do you have two functioning arms that could pick up a baby? That's all I needed. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Yeah, that was something I really should have checked on the way in. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. I might do really well with an au pair. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. You're hired. Hello, friends. It's Margaret. And it's Amy, and this is the What Fresh Hell podcast, episode 24. We're going to talk about babysitters, like how to get them, how to get them, how to keep them. I feel like our last pod, our our last was like back to school if you must, birthday parties if you must, babysitters, oh, you must. Oh, you must. Right. I, I would like to start by putting aside any sort of judgment of who has help, who doesn't, how much help. Right? Like it's this any sort of judgment? weightlifting. I mean, what fun are we going to have if we put aside any? <sighs> We'd have to just cancel the podcast. Can but... I judge those people who have like six nannies on Real Housewives? Because they're uh, kind of funny. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe those kids are I, I'm not off. willing to put aside any judgment. I had an aha ever. moment on, on about this before, uh, before I had kids. I was pregnant and I was like talking to a woman with three young kids. I think it was like at a business dinner or something for my husband. And and so just chit-chatting with her that she had three little kids. And I asked her, because I was pregnant and I was curious, like, do you, do you have uh, help? And she said, yes, I do. I have help, as in they help me. I have three little kids and they help me. It isn't like I ever get to go anywhere. And, and, and she was really Ooh, sort of- You struck a nerve. I struck a nerve, but but I I I like I said, oh, I mean, I get that, of course, and and but I've thought about her a lot since you you, she because she was right in my experience. It was I have I have had childcare ever since my kids were born, but it was mostly like you take this one and I'll take that one, or like you take both hmm. so I can go to the dentist. It hasn't it hasn't been so I can go lie on the beach. Right. Hmm. Uh oh, you're feeling judgy already. I I'm can not see. judgy. I'm not judgy. I'm not. But I think it's interesting that people. Like, what is it that's making people so defensive about having help with their kids? Like, I well, mean, because we have this, we have this sort of blithe, sort of societal, like the really good ones take don't. care of their own. You know, like oh, that. Yeah, Gwyneth, I'm not interested in that at all. Gwyneth Paltrow had that whole goop fest in in L.A., which was sort of deliciously lampooned all across the internet. Yeah. But I guess they had a, they had a sort of sort of a whole like how do we do it um sort of panel at the end and it was it was Gwyneth and it was Miranda Kerr and it was different people like that and they go through um 
you know, all these celebrity moms, I don't know who, Nicole Richie, and they spent an hour and a half talking about, like, it's hard, it's hard sometimes, but they didn't talk about their childcare. They didn't acknowledge it. Right. Well, that's like Ivanka Trump got in trouble with that with her book. It's like, oh, it's women who work and blah, 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 blah. But right. But the engine that makes that work is the people who care for your kids. Right. All right. So let's, right. So let's set aside the idea that, that you shouldn't, you shouldn't have it. If you want to have it, you should have it. And I kind of want to talk about um, how you, how you find good people to take care of your kids and how you know if it's going well or not, since you are often not there. Yeah. Cause I think of babysitters and babysitting as something that happens at night when I go to dinner with my husband. We're right. talking about child care, which is... Well, we're talking about it all of it, because yeah. it's different but it, for but everybody. But it's a little bit larger than just babysitting, because, I mean, Tina Fey, I think, has a joke about that, where she calls her, um, the person who takes care of her kids all the time, a babysitter, because she doesn't like the term, like nanny, or nanny. whatever. Yeah. It implies things. But yeah, we're talking about child care. Do you have care? Do you have help with your kids right now? Uh, I, I, well, I'm getting to the point where I need less. You know, I have I had a uh, really great part time caregiver, um, uh, like three thirty to seven thirty, kind of. And she uh, is a yoga instructor, and she came to New York to be a yoga instructor. And after three years, she's kind of at the point where she doesn't need to support that with something else anymore. So we parted ways, and I'm at a point where I kind of don't need somebody, but I kind of do. Like there are a couple days a week right. where You've got- my thirteen year old needs to be somewhere, and my nine year old needs to be somewhere, and somebody has to walk the dog, and somebody has to make dinner, and I can't do all of those things at once yeah somebody told me uh somebody with older kids told me that when your kids get to be like that sort of middle school age that in the after school hours ideally you need somebody at home and somebody on the move and that's kind of that's kind of how I experience it you need a satellite satellite parental unit and an at-home parental unit helping with the homework and starting dinner situation because my husband works from home right now which has not always been the case but he has a home office and so I, with the help of my good friend, the iPads, can get away with a lot because I can just leave two kids at home watching iPads. I mean, he's not really watching them. He's not engaged with them. They might be better off with like a sitter who was actually... (laughs) Cutting out paper dolls. Cutting out paper dolls and or (laughs) taking them out into the fresh air. They're just... Basically, when I leave them home, I plug them into a wall, but... I, that does make my situation so much easier. I mean, it is that thing of like, my kids are eight, seven, and five now, but even two years ago, I mean, you can't have a gap of 10 minutes. You just can't, Right. you have to have it all covered. And that, and I think that can be a hard target to hit because friends of mine who work really full-time jobs, who have 40 to 60 hour a week people who watch their kids, pick them up from school, make them dinner. Like they're in home full-time care. That's one situation. And then friends of mine who have no help at all and are just at home by themselves and they just figure it all out. But there, there's this weird middle ground that I often find myself in where it's like, I kind of could really use 10 hours of help a day. Yeah. A week, you mean? 10 hours a day? I mean, I could probably use 10 hours. We could all use 10 hours a day. But no, is that what you meant? (laughs) But let me give you a tip on this topic. I found when my kids were really, really little, they were in, I I had a, um, I'm going to say that my basic philosophy of childcare is what my mom and dad called the fog on a mirror test. And basically anyone who exchanges oxygen for carbon dioxide is a good person to give your children to. And have a look after them. I have a very, oh very gosh. low bar for who watches my kids. 
I'm going to take the other side of that and I will I will regale you with some tales from my past of just how low my standards got until I realized this person cannot No, like be I had a lady once who was stopped longer. in her car out front of my house and she's like, "Hey, do you ever need help with your kids?" and I said, "Oh yeah, all the time." And she became like our babysitter. <laughs> I'm just like It can be serendipitous. It, it really can. can. Like, and then at our I just got an email from a friend of mine going back to work, first baby, and it was kind of this oh, you know, I have such concern and, and am I abandoning my child? And, you know, that kind of fraught first baby thing. And literally when I, we moved into a house in Los Angeles, there was a little cul-de-sac, like a circle that went around. I was on a walk and I passed, you know, on the far side of the cul-de-sac, a house that had a ton of like plastic houses and cars and stuff in the front yard. And I thought that probably, she probably takes kids in there, you know? And I rang the bell and she took care of my kids for five years, you know? I mean, it, it, I think if you can free yourself a little bit from the idea of like, I'm going to find a Disney princess slash Mary Poppins slash JK Rowling slash, you know. Well, yeah, I can say, cause I have, I have hired, um, childcare providers through services, because, of course, in New York City, there's, right. like, red carpet nanny services. And I've hired sitters that I, like, shook hands with on the playground one day, and they're looking for some more time. And I have had much better luck with the latter. Well, they, what, Malcolm Gladwell has that whole thing about blink. It's like you get an instinct for someone the moment you meet them. Right. And I just think it's one of the many things that we as moms project a ton of emotionality onto in a way that is fundamentally fairly improper. Well, I don't know. Let me tell you, let me, let me give you a, a, a cautionary okay. tale because this is the problem for me is that I'm conflict averse. And so oh, it's hard too. for me to yeah. hire somebody because I'm so busy during the, you know, interview and like, them. Oh, so tell me about yourself to impress them and make them like me. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and so I, I share this problem. And then, and then also on the way out, like I said, like I wait way too long to break up with somebody. Let me give you a little example. So a couple summers ago, I, oh gosh, maybe it's eight years ago now. I had a babysitter who I found because she was sort of like the music together instructor from my, from my son's class. Right. And, And at the time when I hired her, she was terrific and my kids loved her and I didn't do background checks or anything on her because of, well this place hired her so I've first of all do, don't check on anybody for the record oh my god I have another story about that this is this is this is going to be this whole episode is going to be learn from Mimi's mistakes <laughs> I, and do and do well, these things I'm going to counter argue that but go ahead Oh my God! But where do you hear these stories? Okay, so this this woman was it was a uh, music together instructor. She was absolutely delightful with my kids. She was a lovely young woman, and she was like nineteen or twenty. But you know, I I, mean, I really liked her, and and like I said, this was I wasn't working sixty hours a week. I was kind of around, and you, you take this one, and I'll take that one, and let's make dinner together. And so it was it was a right. she was like a helper. Very yeah, it was more than a mommy's helper, but it was you know it it was not. It was okay that I had a sort of really gung-ho college student, let's put it that way. Um, And then things started to fall apart. And then she started texting with her boyfriend like 24-7. And then they broke up and then she was texting with him even more. And then I had to like kind of walk her through, this is unacceptable, you're supposed to be watching my kids right now, but he's texting me so I have to text back. So I had to walk this, you know, millennial through, no you don't. You can tell him that your employer said... 
I can't do this right now and turn your phone off. You can do that. Then she started being really sleepy. Then she started being late and like she was going through a tough time and meow, meow, meow. And I'm fronting her money and and she's so sad. One day I come home. I I had (laughs) left the house. She was working for me from like 10 to two one day. My little boys were at school and she just had my daughter who was a baby at the time, was about 14 months old. And I left the house. I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get my hair cut, you know, whatever it was. And I forgot something. And I, I, I probably forgot my wallet. I don't know. It was something I needed to have. So I came back to the house about 20 minutes after I had left and left, left them alone. I found this young woman asleep under the covers in my bed. She got in my bed, tucked in, like this wasn't an accident, went to sleep in my bed like night-night under the comforter with the TV on in the room and my one-year-old just sort of unattended. Okay, I that's pretty bad. Had, I had to shake her awake. It took me a lot of effort to wake her up, at which point she was completely disoriented and not particularly apologetic. She just was really disoriented. And I was sort of like, okay, let's change things. Then, Wait a minute. That's, that's got to be the end of the relationship. Well, that's, that, sorry, so that's my point. So then I call, I call my husband like, what should I do? And he's like, well, I mean, we got to talk to her. And then, and then I call my friend. I'm like, can you believe this just happened? And she's like, wait, Wait, she's still in your house now? Like, what's what's happening? Yeah. And I, like, we had a talk with her and, and we cried. And believe me, she didn't, she didn't watch my kids anymore. But like, I was like, just take the money that you owe me. It doesn't matter. I know you like, your life is tough. But I saw this train wreck coming a mile away. And I, I still let it get to that point. I would say, yes, you have to, you have to do your diligence when you hire somebody. And you also have to. I mean, the, to me, the issue is not, you couldn't have seen that coming, that she was going to cozy down, bed down for the night at nine in the morning with your one-year-old walking around. But the, the issue seems to me more in that situation that you've entered into an employer-employee relationship and you're not doing the employer role correctly. See, I disagree that I couldn't have seen it coming because I, rem- I remember... I remember coming back to the apartment that morning because, of course, I remember everything about that morning now in extreme detail. But I put my key in the door and I was turning the lock and I thought to myself, I honestly had like an instinct moment of, oh, gosh, I probably should have let her know I'm coming home. I shouldn't just surprise her like this. And then I thought, that's nuts. Right. That's you don't, not the right instinct. You don't, that's not the right instinct to have. And then I did surprise her. And what I found was like beyond unacceptable. You can't, you have to, once you pick somebody, I think you can, uh, my argument is that you could pick somebody randomly off the street, or you could go through a vetted, triple vetted agency and probably have about the same luck. But once you get to know the person, you have to heed the warning signs. Yes, you have to heed the warning signs sooner. Yeah, you have to really be willing to be in charge, which it's a difficult relationship because it involves your kids. A lot of us are not particularly good at the boss role, you know, and it feels very intimate. It feels more like a friendship, but at the same time, you have to, in that relationship, be able, I mean, I say this as a person who hired a really nice lady to help me clean the house and she was 
so terrible cleaning the house and she cleaned my house for a year right. because she was so nice and I would just come home and then clean the house after paying her you know whatever 75 bucks or right. whatever and it I do think that that is challenging now, for a lot of women this is not the case for but I definitely have that gene that's like I don't want to say anything upsetting about this person you know they seem so nice and it doesn't feel the same as being right. I mean I've been in corporate situations and at at jobs where I have no problem saying I need that edit by 4 p.m. And if it's not, da, 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 for some reason in that setting, but having someone in your home, it does not, it feels suddenly weird to be like, oh, and by the way, you didn't clean the house at all. You're fired. Even right. though your job is to clean the house it, or your job is to stay awake while so, you watch my one-year-old. So then I would argue if you really find that sort of disentangling yourself as icky and unpleasant as anybody does but particularly you and I sounds like that that you need to do your due diligence on the way there are a couple of things that I could have should have done with with many of my failed babysitters over the years and I'm quite like to share those with you because (laughs) I had another another babysitter again through an agency this was a very nice very nice young woman who would have been a really good caregiver for my kids but when we hired her we specified we needed somebody who who could drive she was working for us for about a week, and then my husband was like, you know what, I'm going to add her to our auto insurance. The insurance person called us back and said, if you try to add this person to your insurance, your insurance company is going to drop you, because this person has been in five collisions oh when she was 19 God. years old. I call the agency, like, furious, and they say, well, well like, like a dr- so a driving, a driver's, te- you know, check is not part of a background check. So if you're doing a background check on somebody... And they're going to be driving your kids. You got to do a separate like auto background check. But yeah, that was something I really should have checked on the way in and thought this agency was going to do. Oh my God. Are you ready Amy, for another what one? What is with you? I've never had a bad experience with a babysitter. The other thing you should do is before you hire somebody, check their social media because people put all kinds of stuff, you know, like college, yeah, college yeah. admissions people do this. There was somebody who, who I hired who, who worked for us for a couple of years. And my kids used to say, she's mean, <laughs> she's mean. And I'd say, like, mean like how? And they wouldn't, you know, be like, she just like, makes us do stuff. I'm like, like what? She makes us, like, she yells at us to put our dishes in the mm, dishwasher. Her, yeah. sort of like, whatever. Like, good. Right. And then um, she, she was kind of difficult. So we ended, we ended our relationship for sort of other reasons. And then I actually had moms coming up to me at school saying, thank God. We were all wondering who should tell you that she was just like a terrible person yeah. to the kids. And, and I had been years. And I kind of knew. Like, she was difficult. She was kind of witchy. But one of my kids was sick at the time. And it just like she, you know, she knew where all the, where everything was hidden. And it was just, it wasn't that I was afraid of her. But it was like, I can't start over with somebody new right now. We're in a crisis situation. One of my kids is sick. He was in and out of the hospital. It's like, I can't, I can't like also get a new caregiver right now. And I found out after she left, she took my fourth grader and his friend and she took my car without me knowing she was doing it. And she went to her like boyfriend's apartment and like made two fourth graders. (laughs) And it's scary because you're, you're not around. So how would you know? But in this case, if you check this woman's social media accounts, her social media feed is like completely red alarm, like not somebody with good judgment at all. And so when, when I look at that, I'm like, had I looked at this, of course I wouldn't have hired this person, but I didn't. Wow. You've had some bad luck, Amy. I know. I have had bad luck. And I've had some wonderful babysitters right now. Shout out, Sophia, Emily, you're the best. Yeah. I mean, I had, when my kids were but- little, I found the around the corner. The, when, when Mac was born, when he was a baby, I went to like care.com or whatever and I found 
this young woman, 22 or something, and she had, gra- it was LA, so she'd graduated with a screenwriting degree from the school Chapman in LA, and uh, she was so lovely, but I, of course, only needed someone like 10, 20 hours a week because I wasn't working that much. So she took another job with someone, you know, who was giving her 40 hours, but then she passed me along to another Chapman student and it was like the Chapman mafia. Like I always had another replacement, like 22 year old from Chapman and their first job would be like taking care of my kid for 10 or 20 hours a week until they could find a full-time job. But there was like, I think I ended up with six different young women and they were all fantastic and I loved them. I think that's good when you're, when your babysitter that's, can help you find key. the next person. You gotta, you gotta, they, uh, you gotta daisy you, chain it. Yeah. And you know that, that, that young woman coming in has very clear expectations from the person before, like, look, she's going to expect you to load the dishwasher, but she's really funny. In her right. Or whatever. Like they're getting a very gets, clear, ex- no surprises on their version. End. And then when we moved to the new house that we, we were in an apartment, we moved to a house. I still had some of those young women, but then I found this home daycare right around the corner from me. And, um, I don't know. They just took such good care of our kids. We just loved them. And they were right around the corner. Uh, I could drop my kids anytime. My kids loved it there. It was a little, it was like kind of baby oriented. So as my kids got a little bit older, when they were like four and five, they were a little bit more like, it's boring. There's something to do there. Cause it was just like a little house with like plastic cards in the driveway. Like there wasn't a lot going on. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like I've had Good luck. I, I mean, we were just laughing with my mom and dad about this, about the babysitters that we had. And they would go away for like six days and leave us with randos. I mean, just like my mom tells a story about at some point, we had this babysitter forever and she was super sweet. And at some point my mom was driving her home and they had taken like a slightly different route to her house and my mom said to her at a stop sign, is it right or left up here? And she was probably like 20 something years old. And she put up her hands in front of her, like to tell which one was left and right, you know? And my mom was like, huh, that's a, that's a quizzical sign. But she kept babysitting us. I mean, it wasn't a deal breaker. Um, I mean, I guess the question is kind of like what qualities, what, what is important for somebody who's helping you take care of your kids or full time really taking care of your kids? I think that's a good question, but I think it's a good time to take a break, and then maybe after we come back from the break, we can we can address that. What are what are the what are the qualities you're looking for, which aren't just don't be a psychopath. Yeah, the positive take the positive side. side of babysitting. Perfect. Uh, okay, break. so we're going to take a break, and we're going to bring you this little comedy piece, and then we'll be back to talk more about childcare. <laughs> And now, your guide to babysitting types from the What Fresh Hell podcast. The doesn't know enough babysitter. Wait, okay. So there's two kids and I'm supposed to watch them the whole time, right? The a little too into it sitter. Oh my gosh, you guys are home already? We just finished building the puppet theater and now we're going to start composing the songs. Would you like to join us? The maybe a little too professional nanny. I am so very pleased to make your acquaintance. Here's a two-pager outlining my expectations for the children, just so we're all on the same page. Any infractions will be added to surcharges at the end of the night. The doesn't understand only call if it's an emergency sitter. Hi, sorry to call during your mom's funeral, but what's the Wi-Fi password? The fog on a mirror sitter. 
I am a carbon-based life form that exchanges oxygen for carbon dioxide, and I am available this Saturday from 7 to 10 p.m. You're hired. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, we're back. We are back. And okay. we're talking about what's good about babysitting. So far, we've talked about... We're going to change that because we were talking about what's bad about babysitting. Now we're going to switch. It's going to be all good. 
correct. And we're also trying to decide on a positive note what you're looking for and what makes a good babysitter. Right. Right. And that changes. So there's there's a, a woman named Tammy Gold who wrote a book called Secrets of the Nanny Whisperer, which I will admit I have not read, but I read the New York Times article about her book, Secrets okay. of the Nanny Whisperer. Close enough. It's good enough, let's, right? Let's go with that. I mean, um, and she says that the problem is that people don't always know going in what kind of caregiver they're looking for. And oh, the problem is when you're saying, so disconnect. Great point. Right? Disconnect I mean, between what you want and what you get. My sister has an expression in real life, you know. It, she has not written a book about it or – and that <laughs> book has not been summarized in the New York Times. But it's such a good insight into people, which is that when people describe themselves to you, you should in general believe the exact opposite about them. Whoa. And I find that so often to be true in life. Like people who are like, you know what, I'm really laid back. I just always think to myself, whatever I'm going to find out about you from now on, <laughs> the fact that you are, quote, really laid back is not one of those things. And I think that it's extremely hard for people to describe themselves accurately. Accurately. Which and is that why those... people, in fact, more than that, have a perception of themselves that is often extremely mismatched with reality. There's there's a term for that like individual bias or something. Is that, that right? Think, yeah, that everybody everybody thinks everybody thinks they're above average, their kids are above average. Like we all think Exa we're exceptional. And everybody is like I'm pretty laid back. I'm a really generous person. Whatever it is, what maybe you express the thing most about yourself that you're most worried about, but it does tend to be true that I think especially with kids that you hear people say things like, "Ah, you know, I'm just a real laid back mom. And I think, what? Do you really think that about yourself? Because that ain't it. Because you wouldn't say it. Correct. If you really thought it, you wouldn't feel the need to to vocalize it. I don't it in the even first place. know if it's that one to one, but I just think that it is extremely difficult to have an objective perception about yourself and your parenting and who you are. And you know. that must make it really difficult to hire somebody because you think, Oh, I want someone like myself, laid back. And then when the person arrives and is laid back, you think, well, this person is terrible at their job. They're not doing, they're not making the peanut butter sandwiches exactly in the correct boat shape, you know, or whatever crazy thing right. you have. Right, Well, that's why these interview things are so, you know, I mean, I was looking on the internet for the best one of the, here's the interview questions you should always ask. And let me so say, it's when you it. walk out to the lady's car who's parked outside your house <laughs> and you're like, hey. Do you ever want to take care of my kids? Do they recommend that as a as a good interview technique? You have one question on your interview list. And I Are you, you know, available? A, That's my interview I, question. I'm such a doobie that I have used those lists in the past and they're just oh God, so I can picture you with like a clipboard. So, Does is right. a clipboard involved? No. Okay. No. Because I'm trying to be really like you're, laid you're back. You're trying you know, to pretend to be I'm laid trying back. To you be really laid back so. by saying, I'm really laid back. I would never use a clipboard or get a list of questions from the internet <laughs> no, for interview. I'm just a fly by that. the seat of my pants type. Uh, but, but this they is are, where I have to yeah, indict yeah. myself a little bit and say, I, in our first half, am, am saying like, oh, who cares? I'm laid back. Fog in a mirror. I don't care. Any, any warm body will do. Like, I will recognize very strongly, and I'm sure that parents of older kids' heads are exploding as I'm saying that, it is pretty easy to take care of little kids. Like with a little kid, it's like act like a monster, chase them around in circles, feed them mac and cheese, try to get them to eat a vegetable if you fail, no biggie. 
and then put them in cute pajamas and send them off to bed. That's all that's involved in taking care of a little kid. Right. But your little kids, I mean, you know me, on this issue, I'm like taking the downside, but your little kid can tell you they they can't they can't really explain to you what's going on when you're not there. Well, and that's so. true, but I'm just saying like yeah, it, sure. There's the flip side, the downside, which is that they can't be like she's mean, she's doing bad things, but I just mean I think as like for friends of mine who are looking for 40 to 60 hour childcare, as the kids get older, that chi- the childcare need gets more complicated. So that's what Tammy Gold is saying. She's oh, like you, Tammy you need and to I know. Are of one mind. Back to she Tam. must be a genius. She says, she says that there are three types, and this makes sense to me, um, of, of nannies that one can be looking for. What, the first one is a parental unit nanny, and that's for your friend who works full full-time. Full replacement. And full replacement. Then there's an executor, which she calls an executor nanny, which is kind of what you and I are looking for when there's a parent who's staying at home. Who takes care of your will and for you? Kind of. <laughs> exactly. Your estate tax, right. no, that that is executing is is carrying out what you want in the moment. Like you know what, can you throw him in the bath? You know what, can you help her with her homework? And I'm okay. gonna start yeah. dinner. Yeah, right. Um, and then there's a, a like a partner nanny, which is sometimes which is the kind of in between. Sometimes I travel for work, and sometimes I am going to be here. Um, oh, so who and, could do and, both? Yeah, and 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 you. I mean, isn't right. everyone so, on some level though looking for number three? Because even <laughs> can do it all. even my friends who work forty to sixty hours a week, they're not looking for parental replacement. I mean, I know people who've had the problem where like the nanny gets very, very so invested in those forty and sixty hours that they're sort of like, Well, I just I don't think that your I don't think her hair her hair's too long. She should get it cut, you know, or whatever. And they're kind of like, Wait a minute, I don't I don't actually want another parent. I just want you to step in for me while I'm away. And so I I feel like the partner thing of you are basically executing my instructions to the degree that when I am not here, I am trusting that you are able to do this job. Yeah. Yeah. And, but you know, and the the other thing to consider is that the person that you're hiring might have a, a point of view too like particularly the sort of more professional the professional nannies who this is this is their job this is their calling this is what they do they don't particularly often want you around micromanaging how long they are you know oh i think that's i mean i can't imagine i've had that situation with um i i babysat for because i'm a writer of course i babysat into my 30s you know i worked in like childcare (laughs) until i basically had children of my own and i took one job in Los Angeles. I mean, I was like 32. I'm a college grad. I, of course, was like, I thought my career might be going better than this, that I might not be taking nanny jobs still at this point in my life. <laughs> and God knows my parents did. But, um, you know, it was first mom, first kid. And she was going to work upstairs while I played in an open concept apartment with the baby downstairs. So it's just basically me being like, here's your rattle, baby. Like trying to sound like I was doing something to the mom who was right above my head. And she was super micromanaging. Like every time I would be like, here's your rattle. She's like, make sure you hit it with an antibacterial wipe first. And it was, I lasted, it was the longest six hours of my life. And then I was finally like, I got to get out of here. This is horrendous. Like, I, I didn't even come back the next day. Yeah. Like, to work. I mean, if I'm hanging out with a baby at a park, we're going to be having a good time. But 
Yeah, that micromanaging thing sounds like it's a nightmare. Right. So I guess, I guess, and if you are going to do that, then you need to be clear about that on the way in um, so that you, you know who you're hiring and they know what they're being hired to do. But you have to do it without seeming like a jerk. The trick of the nanny relationship is that it's not quite corporate professional and it's not friendship. It's, it lies somewhere in between because I was sort of saying in the first segment that, oh, well, the problem is we're not treating nannies like employees. And so we're getting into this weird, like, oh, you're too good a friend to just kick out of my house, even though you're asleep and letting my one-year-old wander around by themselves. Like that's clearly one end of the spectrum that's a problem. (laughs) But presenting someone with a multi-page document that's like, you will arrive at this time. You will not. It just feels like, well, I don't want to come into your home and interact with your kids in that kind of... And so I think what makes this complicated is that it feels very... And I do think traditionally and historically, these were roles that were played by family members. So it would be like, okay, my aunt is going to take the kids while I go do my job, whatever it is. Like the the village would kind of step up. It wasn't a paid employer-employee relationship. And so I think navigating that is super complicated and that something that we hit on earlier is that sort of, it's a little bit more of a dating metaphor. It has to be the right fit for you. And you can have a nanny who comes in, who you have a very employer employee relationship, and this is what I expect. And, but it's probably not going to be as successful as someone with whom you, you are able to develop a, a more familial feel with and because they kind of do become part of the fabric of your life and having that person be someone who you only have a like, it is now time for you to get the bottle kind of relationship with is always going to feel odd within your home. Back was- to the dating metaphor, it's right person, right time. Yes. Yeah. And I do think that's the thing, like the person you need taking care of a two, three and five year old might be like a high energy run around the park. We were in the park yesterday and I saw these two nannies and I was like, oh, <laughs> they're like fantastic at their jobs. They'd be like running, chasing. But someone, you might need somebody older and and somebody who's better at sitting around and doing fourth grade homework, which possibly, you know, a 19-year-old is not going to be as good at. Or maybe they will because they will have a they'll be fresh. memory. Of- God knows. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to have to outsource that. Thank God my husband went to MIT. I mean, I, my oldest is heading into fourth grade. And let me tell you, I am not smarter than a fourth grader. Oh, Those fractions, I'm like, whoa. It's not that I don't know. I, I knew how to do them once. And then we were out the other day with this. Uh, she's going into eighth grade, I think. And she was asking my husband about her math homework. It's like, oh, well, when you arc a line and it dips. And I just thought, whoa, I, you might as well ask me to help with Russian homework. No ideas. Yeah. Arc of a I, line. I'm, I, I, I'm just, the distributive property is something I'm just reacquainting myself with now. And, I, and I'm like, hold on a second. And looking up Khan Academy on YouTube, trying to figure out how to answer their questions. And that's true too. And that's another good tip. You can outsource these to different places. So I have another helpful suggestion, which is I had this problem as myself. And I know people who have really full-time care who have this problem. Our town has like a corporate-y kind of daycare place. So it's like a brand name. I'm assuming it's, I'm not sure about this, but I think it's a, what do you call it? Franchise, you know, it's in different places. And I went and it wasn't ideal for the kids, but 
they sold a 10-pack of day passes. And I thought to myself, well, that will be handy to have. Yeah. And so it's for those days where it's like, uh, oh, my dad needs to be driven to his cataract surgery. Like, it's day pass day, you know? Uh, my whatever, whatever the problem shows up. And that's another thing for moms who need that, like, 40 to 60-hour child care that – it's not going to be a great day for your kids. It's going to be a drop-in of a lot of hours with kids they don't know in a kind of a, you know, environment that functions. Like, it's not going to be your kid's best day ever. But that was a helpful suggestion for me. Well, you you, you said that before, that you had to have a backup plan. And, and my husband and I always say we have to have a deep bench of babysitters because that's the problem. They graduate. They move away. Oh, and let me married, tell they... you, I live in a small suburban town. And when you find a good babysitter... It really tests your friendship. Like when people are like, do you have a good babysitter's number? And you just think, no, I don't. I'm sorry. We don't use babysitters. We never leave the house. Because the minute you give your babysitter's number away, then every time you call them, they're booked. Yeah. Oh, because these yeah, wackos I, I, I make mean, plans four weeks in advance. And when I called 10 hours before to be like, uh, oh, my God, it's my husband's birthday. Could you please, please come? They're like, no, we've been booked for a month. You need to plan ahead and you need to like work those people in yeah. so you have, right, the backup and the backup to the backup when you don't have a uh, I may a have mentioned fire. this on a previous podcast, but planning ahead is not really <laughs> one of my better skills. Uh, another, I, have a, I have a semi-deep bench at the moment. Oh, planning ahead, I'm sure. I need, could I need you start managing my point. babysitting schedule? I feel like that would solve a lot of my problems. Get your clipboard I, I out will. and do some interviews for me. You're going to have to pay a lot for travel, though. That's true. That's true. Mine. My travel. Um, so here's another tip that I have. It's, again, I got I'm sorry, guys. I only have tips for people with little kids. When I – so when we lived in L.A., young, young kids, I had this home daycare around the corner. It was very great. Fine. Maybe not everybody can find that. But I still found – that I was getting really overwhelmed because my kids only went like three days a week. And I had a lot of kids, a lot of time home by myself. And I, at some point hired the home daycare's, like the woman who ran it, her 14 year old daughter to come every night from 5 PM till 7 PM. I think I paid her $10 an hour. So it was not a big, big investment, but having just a warm body in the house for those two hours a night was a total game changer for me. 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. is the absolute crucial. It's like that time uh, where the kids are bored. Time. They're going crazy. They, it's, she would come and play tag with them in the yard while I made dinner. It was just that she was truly a mother's helper. Like I was in the house and, but it was the kind of thing of like, let me hand you one wet baby out of the bathtub. You towel off that kid and put them in pajamas while I watch the other two. Like it solved that constant fox hen grain mystery game in my mind of like, wait a minute. I just have to let one of them run around soaking wet and naked because I can't leave two kids unattended in yes. the bathtub. And it yes. just, it made me think that I might do really well with an au pair because it feels like that's the level of help that I need the most. Like I have to run 
to this appointment, but the three kids are just here. And basically what I have is my husband who works at home in the basement who I just knock on his door and I'm like, you don't need to do anything, but the kids are on iPads upstairs, call 911 if there's a fire and I go and run my errand. But having, I know people have had very, very mixed experiences with au pairs. I mean, I have never done an au pair, so I'm not gonna. I feel like say, having someone I, living in your house, it's 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 it takes the diciness of the babysitter nanny proposition up a level because if you get a dud, I mean, I definitely know people who are like it's basically like having three little kids and a cranky teenager who you have to force to do anything in your house. <laughs> so that doesn't sound ideal. But I also know people for whom it's been like the perfect perfect solution. It's not super expensive and. You know, you just get somebody good, you get matched up, and then you have somebody you have somebody there. I mean, whenever you need the – whenever you've got that crisis, you've got somebody in the house. Well, again, okay, so again, you've, you've clarified. Like that's – I think that's what I need right now, and I'm, and I'm at the point of myself clarifying like, okay, what, what, what do I need right now? You clarify that first, and then you know if you're hiring somebody for five years or for a school year, um, and, you, and you set the really clear expectations going in. And, you know, but I did, I did sign agreements with my, with my babysitters, the last couple to, to, um, oh, like vacation days, sick days, um, uh, you know, we might ask you to come to, to, to work the, you know, a day like, I don't know, if you work New Year's Eve, you get paid double, things like that. We would, we would lay that out ahead of time so that everybody felt. And in general, that is a great idea. Like laying stuff out in advance just helps everybody. We just recently had a situation, although I said I've never had bad babysitters. Um, We were away. We were in upstate New York, small town, didn't know anybody. We went to the local inn. Hey, do you know any babysitters? We just wanted to get out for dinner one night. We had five kids. My sister's kids were there too. And... um, we they gave us a name and there was a little college. I was literally like, we could just walk around the college grounds and just stop people and say, "Hey, do you want to babysit tonight?" But because <laughs> that's, that's how, how do I it. do it anyway. But also, it's like a college interview. campus. I don't know. I felt fine with it. Yeah. But I thought more that we would get arrested for walking around a college campus and like approaching young women than the other way around. But anyway, they gave us a name at the inn, and this lady showed up. I didn't actually have the initial conversation. It's possible she said this on the phone or it's possible she didn't say it until she arrived. She said, I charge $10 per child per hour. And so we ended up paying $50 an hour for babysitting, which was uh, really too much considering that one of my kids did lose a tooth and she had to wrap it in saran wrap. So I felt good about that. I was like, at least we're getting our money's worth. You got your money's worth. And you're yeah. doing a medical procedure. But uh, definitely it's a good idea to arrange that beforehand. Both on that end, that you don't want someone who's like, oh, by the way, I charge $20 an hour per kid, uh, whatever, and you end up stuck with some giant bill. Also, I found with the young babysitters, like we have 12-year-old babysitters sometimes, and they get to the house, and I say, oh, what do, what do you charge? And they're super awkward about it, and they just don't know what right. to say. And then I feel like, wait a minute, I don't want to I don't want to pay them $10 an hour, and then they go home crying thinking they were going to make 50 I don't. I just don't know. It's like, handle that stuff beforehand. We should really just agree as a civilization what those, what those rates yeah, are. Yeah, except and, for uh, like because I, 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 small town Texas, New York City. It's not the same, you know? New York City. 
no, I just had I had a I had a um, lovely fifteen uh, year old take care of my daughter. She actually had a sleepover with her for one night, and uh, I, I yeah, and I totally hashed it out with her mom, who's a good friend of mine. Like, what should I pair? And she's like, oh, I don't know, like not not too much. Yeah, and but sometimes with the twelve year olds, it's good to get the parents the involved because you just don't want to send them home. Yes. Like, here's your shiny quarter, kid, and they're like, wait a minute, what? Um, but I will in saying that. <laughs> Give a big shout out. I feel like the 12-year-old babysitter has gone out of style because people feel like 12-year-olds are like four-year-olds. They have to like no CPR. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to know CPR. You have to teach my kid Mandarin. Mm-hmm. I, not, I'm talking about we want to go out to dinner and we don't want to spend $100 to go out to a $80 dinner by paying babysitters. Um, the 12-year-old babysitter, check it out. We just had – so again, we had the five kids, but we needed – a babysitter and a friend of mine in town's daughter is a babysitter. This is a, a, a dual tip because the way I found it is I went on moms of my town, Facebook posted, I need a babysitter for Friday night. Bunch of people said my, my teenage daughter babysits. It's a great way to get referrals to babysitters. And then the 12 mm. year olds were way into it. They were super right. enthusiastic. They were adorable. My daughter, who all of her cousins are boys, when they walked in, she came running down in a full princess gown. Like, look at what I'm wearing. And they were willing to watch her change clothes 400 <laughs> times. Like, they were not jaded. And they were absolutely fantastic and so cute and enthusiastic and cheap as dirt. And that's what I have to say for the 12-year babysitter. The only thing is, when the kids woke up in the morning, two of the boys were like, what's our treat? And I said, what do you mean, what's our treat? And he said, well, our babysitter told us if we kept our eyes closed for 10 minutes at bedtime, we would get a treat. And we did because they fell asleep. (laughs) And I was like, wait a minute. You might be a genius 12-year-old babysitter. How come I never thought of that? And I gave them each a cookie with their breakfast. And then it was like, win-win. I think that's good. You that's know a what? good tip. Uh, I'm, right. I'm, I, I understand I I'm I... on a very easy end of this. I have a very easy home situation. And so it's a little bit hard for me to lecture people about babysitting because I, I'm not in a tough situation. But I still think we've managed to solve it. I think we've managed to solve it because it's about knowing what you want ahead of time. And I'm going to say, I'm coming down on the do your homework ahead of time. Call the references. Do the background check if this person is going to be alone with your kids. And check their driving record and check their social media. And make sure I think that's totally a crazy. fine tip. And although I'm a little bit more of the school of like, oh, hey, you're walking by my house. Excuse me. Do you enjoy taking care of children? I still <laughs> think the reason I do that is because I feel like I get an instinct for people. I mean, the lady in the car out front of the house, like we got chatting, you know, like she was waiting to pick her son up at college across the street. It, it all seemed fine. I mean, I'm not quite like any any warm body will do. But then once you get them then you have to realize that you are now an employer of someone and that you have to then manage expectations, watch what's going on and figure out if it's working or not working. And when you see it's not working, you have to end it. That's right. No, you have to, you have to make the change. You, 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 because you can't be, you can't fall into the trap as I have done. Uh, right. Like, oh, but I can't deal with finding somebody new right now. And what if, what if the new person I find is worse? The Going back to our very useful dating you, metaphor. Like it's when yes. you see red flags, yes. get out. You're not going to change the person. You're right. not going to save them. You're not going to make them better. When you see red flags, believe them and get out. There are other fish in the sea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, I wish I had listened See, to this we episode. Could you, we could have saved you <laughs> a then. lot of time and problems, Amy. <laughs> uh, that's babysitting, guys. And uh, before we go, 
we have an exciting announcement. It is really Very exciting. exciting. We're doing our first live show. Uh, we are going show. to be doing our first live show at the Chappaqua Performing Arts Center in Chappaqua, New York, which is just outside of New York City. So if you are anywhere in what they call the tri-state area, this is the show for you. Uh, December 1st, 8 o'clock, and the ticket information is on our website at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. Right, right on the right sidebar there. There's a little, there's a little uh, picture you can click, and and also I'm going to put up on our show page for today the link to that um, New York Times article and Tammy Gold her book, and uh, you can you know tell us about what works for you when you're picking a babysitter, and you can also tell us on our Facebook page, which is What Fresh Hellcast, and on our Twitter page, which is WFH Podcast. Is it? That's right. I always have trouble with that one. And that's our episode, and we will see you guys in two weeks. Thanks. Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed, Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spinoff podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And guess what? Now, Blair and Molly are back with their all-new podcast, Unsticking It. You know Blair and Molly as two busy moms and actors, and somewhere between potty training and the pandemic, they both felt like they lost their creative kaboom. In their new podcast, Unsticking It, they are going to talk about how All of us can get back to what lights us up after motherhood. Amy, I need this. Me too. And Blair and Molly will be talking to fellow imaginative minds. We're talking actors, artists, and creators of all kinds about how we can all unstick ourselves from whatever muck we're stuck in. Follow, subscribe, and listen to Unsticking It wherever you get your podcasts. That's Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life stucks. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks.